0: This is a Relay Project. Real Talk starts right now. Here's Ryan Jesperson.
1: Welcome to Real Talk on this Friday morning. We're excited uh, about what uh, what is in store. We got an improv roundtable coming up. Johnny Infamous, we've, we've got yeah. just uh, three... Huge personalities hanging out <laughs> in the Real Talk green room right now. I'm excited for it. Yeah, we're going to get to that coming up in about a uh, 25 minutes time. But we lead off this morning uh, with a good friend of the show. He's the uh, publisher, can I say, the editor-in-chief. He's the founder of The Sprawl. You've probably checked it out at sprawlcalgary.com. He's uh, far from making his Real Talk debut, but he's making his Real Talk debut in studio. He has traveled north to be with us jeremy clauses it's great to see you pal
2: great to be here ryan thanks yeah, for having me hey
1: uh, you know we've, we've just promoted this interview from our official real talk twitter account as all eyes on calgary this has been the theme of our conversations this week and of course uh, thousands if not millions of people's focus heading into a provincial election in may everybody's going to be paying very close attention to calgary including you with your independent journalism
2: outfit to be sure Totally, yeah. It's going to be uh, obviously a, a big election, and Calgary's in an interesting place right now. I think I think the city is trying to figure out what's next yeah. for itself. I mean, this is an ongoing thing. Cities are always trying to do this constantly. Who are we? What do we want to be? Um, but this this one's obviously a big one. Does Calgary
1: participate in that exercise more frequently than other cities? Do you think? the 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 identity exercise the, the the defining who Calgary is or or what Calgary is all about I'm you know I'm a born and raised Calgary kid so I feel like I, I I I get a sense of what the vibe is there but it's also a city that has evolved a great deal over the past twenty or thirty years right absolutely and uh, and, and certainly markets itself in a number of different ways as well it's the energy capital of Canada yep. Uh, and and Calgary, of course, uh, has always wanted to be included. I think in the in the pillars, the population pillars of Canada: Vancouver, Montreal, Toronto, and and Calgary that's what yeah, Calgary, yeah, yeah. Calgary wants to be in the big we, four we,
2: we want it so badly exactly <laughs> yeah exactly. but, but, but and, that's and, not and, always and,
1: been the case it feels like Calgary fights for for respect or at least that's what it feels it needs to do
2: yeah and I mean the city it is changing in big ways it's a lot more diverse than it used to be industry is changing there's more tech that's the big push now right we want to be a tech hub we want to be kind of like you know San Francisco type thing um and and we have this insecurity. I don't know if this was the case when you grew up in Calgary, um, but it's like we have our things we're known for, which is oil and gas, the stampede, the cowboy motif, but we're insecure about all that. We're trying to get into this bigger club, mm. right? With, with uh, you know, Vancouver and Toronto. I often think like we're looking at it totally the wrong way. This might be totally off the wall, but we always look at it in this East to West way. And one thing I often think about, I actually grew up just outside Edmonton and my grandparents, uh, on my mom's side are in Nebraska. So every year we would drive from Edmonton to Nebraska, and that's a long drive, 18 hours. And it strikes me now that the largest cities by far on that, on that trip if you look at the great plains edmonton and calgary there's nothing comparable like these are we got a lot going on but we're blind to it i think in some ways cuz we're trying we're comparing ourselves to vancouver we're c- comparing ourselves to toronto so i think i don't know go through billings uh, montana and pierre south dakota and then you're like oh these, yeah. these these cities have it going on yeah yeah
1: yeah i feel like w- the, the calgary that i grew up in um, uh, like, you know, pe- so, so for context, like Ralph Klein was my mayor, mm. right. And I, and I have these childhood memories of, of, of Ralph Klein photographed by his former colleagues in the media, yep. you know, as, as, as he was, you know, piloting this, this first C train yeah, down the deal. track, he like, was a big, know, for a, it. a big advocate, a big advocate for public transportation. And, and then I, and then I remember his, uh, obviously pride and the entire city's pride being awarded the winter Olympic bid and uh, and I have very vivid memories of of that two week period in the city. I'm I'm just like taking us down my personal memory lane. Yeah, yeah. Here. But it but it, it paints a picture. So I, I remember the you know the the lighting of the Olympic torch and I remember the city feeling this immense sense of pride and then that elevated obviously Calgary to a different level. Uh, there was a great deal of success, obviously, in oil and gas. There were there were prominent politicians that were coming out of the city of Calgary: Preston Manning, Stephen Harper. You know, there were there were a lot of business leaders. Uh, you know, if you think of the CEOs of many of the big businesses, Canada Safeway, Canadian Airlines. I'm thinking of you know, Calgary had that happening. Um, and then and then it sort of yeah. I So I didn't sense that. And again, I was a child, so you have to remember or a teen. Um, it was so all very romantic. It, so it was all very you, romantic. Yeah. And and maybe I didn't perceive the... And I don't think that my fellow Calgarians would appreciate either of us using the word insecurity. Uh, but sometimes if the shoe fits. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, 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 it, and it struck me... Ed, 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 Ed,
2: Edmonton's the same, but we can get to that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm
1: actually... I disagree with you. So okay. let's let's get into it. Because I think that Edmonton and Winnipeg and Saskatoon are, are are have a similar psyche. Okay. And it strikes me that Edmonton and Winnipeg and Saskatoon almost are comfortable with with being underestimated. They're almost comfortable. Hmm. Like Edmontonians don't necessarily care uh, if Calgarians poke fun at them as in so many ways as Calgarians care if Torontonians poke mm. fun at them. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I and I don't know what there is behind that. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and
2: maybe I'm way off. Maybe it's a function of being a more working class city, more of a government, I don't know, smaller, smaller. It might be. Yeah.
1: And so it's very interesting in in this exercise that I know that, that you will uh, participate in or continue to participate in at sprawlcalgary.com. And what we'll do, uh, a lot of talking about certainly between now and the next election is, is how the two cities, it's, this election will be a tale of two cities mm. and how differently I think Edmonton and Calgary will be treated mm. by political leaders, uh, how different campaigns will look like in the two different cities. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'd almost think that you're talking about uh, you know, population
2: centers that are a million miles apart mm-hmm. as opposed to a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, you mentioned the 80s. Uh, what was going on in Calgary at that time. I find it very interesting to think back on what was happening in terms of, uh, you know, there was the new arena that was built in, in, I think it was 1983. Then you have the Olympics. And basically, the Olympics kind of galvanized the city. There was a lot behind that, right? You had the volunteer effort. You had this civic pride. And people were kind of... It's not that there wasn't dissent about it. you had people who were like This shouldn't happen or or whatever, but there was kind of a consensus or there was there was a galvanizing in the city, and when you look at calgary now uh I think that's something that we're missing uh we don't have we don't kind of have that galvanized it's very fragmented yeah, um, and so coming into the election, yeah, how will that go? uh i'm i'm an, i'm not sure but you have very yeah it's it's just it's not all uniform it's very fragmented so yeah, what, i don't I mean, know
1: my my career kicked off in in the city of calgary and it was a, a dream come true for me to see my bylines coming up in the calgary herald which was the paper that i grew up uh, reading obviously and to have a chance to work in that building with with some of the the great names of in that I, at that time in western canadian journalism and, and commentary was a huge deal um i'm always curious in your perspective as an you're you're an end you're making a go of it independently in storytelling uh, and i want to talk about the sprawl and the Let's talk about your business model and and your subscriber-supported and, and all these types of things. And it's amazing to see you doing what you're doing. Uh, but I also I, I know that you have a fascination with the Herald in particular. I saw you soliciting just the other day on social media. You're looking for people that have artifacts from the old mm-hmm. building. They've, they've recently announced, obviously, that they're going to be leaving.
2: The building's getting sold. Did it get sold? To u To U-Haul. Uh, which... That just happened with uh, the Calgary Sun building in Calgary two years two years ago. U-Haul bought it. Now U-Haul is buying the Herald building. So there's something very uh, depressing about this. There's, like, almost
1: a, there's a metaphor there. I yeah. don't know exactly what it is, but moving a bunch of trailers and moving trucks into a place where the... Yeah, yeah
2: hollowing out the newsroom. I've always been fascinated uh, by the Herald, in part because of that building. If you've been in Calgary and driven down Deerfoot Trail, the Herald is this... Brick monolith, very imposing. Yes, on the hill, you would have been in there. Mm -hmm. To me, that building always was impenetrable. Like I, I tried to get a job there, I couldn't get in there. Mm. Um, But it, you have a sense of the newspaper's institutional power. Looking at that building, like it's like this is the Herald, and we're gonna tell you what's news. And that's kind of how it operated in Calgary, which is you know the Herald's a paper of record and talk radio and CBC and the Calgary sun and all these other outlets will kind of follow the Herald's lead. Mm -hmm. They might do a bit of their own thing, but like it's the Herald that has the journalistic chops in town. Um, and over time, I mean, same thing in Edmonton, same thing in any given city, uh, it's just been picked apart little by little rounds of cuts, outsourcing this, outsourcing that outside outsourcing the printing. Um, and, and so, yeah, I'm fascinated by what we're losing. I'm not sure when you were there, like what, what was your sense walking into that? Well, building?
1: I, I couldn't believe I was there, uh, first of all. And uh, and I you know I mean I, I don't know if these names will mean anything to people or not, but at the time the publisher was Peter Menzies, and you know the one of the lead columnists there was you know and she was syndicated, but Catherine Ford, oh yeah, and 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 such an intimidating and intelligent and actually quite hilarious uh, person, absolutely, and, hilarious. Uh, and, and and I remember like literally at the water cooler, literally on my first day, I walked up and, and she's there and, and I go Catherine Ford, and she goes who the hell are you?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was the first thing classic, classic
1: but all the like all of these great names that went through there the you know collector Wars and Heath McCoy and Gwendolyn Richards and like all of these uh, writers that had different beats um, you know they were all getting their start right around the same time that I was there as well um, I remember walking into the building day after day and just I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe I had a, a media pass to go into this building. I couldn't believe I had the the honor of, of working with these people. But for perspective and for, you know, for real talkers to, to give you a bit of an idea, we're talking about 1999, uh, there were two computers in the entire newsroom that had internet access. Everybody else's computers were on networks for graphic design and to be able to connect with one another, but they were literally two kind of research computers that you wouldn't spend more than five or ten minutes on and because other journalists would need to use them. So we're talking old school. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and my time was interrupted there by a strike, you know, and and uh, so that was kind of a wake-up call to me about sort of, you know, I mean, some of the, the rockier uh, angles and and moments and elements of this industry, and I was a non union position, and I wasn't going to cross the picket line, so that was it for me there. But what a start to the career! Oh yeah. Uh, but I always had such a you know, I mean, I always felt very proud to contribute to that paper, and and uh, and it's and it's been sad. We've been talking a lot about media over the past couple of weeks on this show, and uh, and and independent storytellers that are doing very well but require support. We talked to the one of the founders of uh, Emma Gilchrist of the Narwhal just the other. Day. Of course, you know they're suing, suing the RCMP, yeah. right, with, with Amber Bracken, a, a talented photographer. And and we take a look at what's happening with media writ large, and, and I think that the, the biggest loss – I sometimes feel like members of the general public misinterpret – these lamentations around mm. what's happening in media. They say, oh, these journalists, they like cry me a river. These media, be cry. it's its like the people that will suffer. It's the population that mm-hmm. will suffer. It's the, the stories that will not be told. It's the accountability for politicians and corporations and organizations and nonprofits that journalists have brought to the table for so long. Uh, what got you started on Sprawl Calgary? Like you saw an opportunity, obviously, but this is a big leap of faith for you. This is your day job.
2: You employ people. Uh, yeah, it, you know, it's, and, and what got me started was exactly what, what I was talking about, which is this hollowing out of local newsrooms and observing this, uh, and seeing, you know, I was working as a freelance journalist at the time and it's like, oh, I don't, you know, such and such a publication doesn't exist anymore. Fast forward weekly, our all weekly paper, you know, the equivalent of C and view in Edmonton yeah. that folded in 2015, uh, you know, Metro ended its publication run, uh, publications that are still around the Herald, the freelance budget gets cut, all that stuff. Right. So, so there was a void, uh, for local news and my kind of bias, I support, suppose, or where I'm inclined is in-depth local news, like going really deep on a story. And so I think like, that stuff is popping up. The sprawl is popping up. It's been around for over five years now. And I think it's it's good. Uh, but I do really think we are losing something significant when we look at our Metro newspapers. And this, I'm obsessed with this story right now. We have a big... Uh, podcast coming out tomorrow on the hollowing of the Calgary Herald. I talked to Catherine Ford in a bunch of, oh yeah, yeah. At her, uh, kitchen table. At, she walked into the Herald newsroom in 1964. That's when she started, when it was downtown. Um, she's and a, amazing. She's amazing. And of course at that time it was a bustling, it was like from the movies, right? P- Everyone's smoking. Uh, man, just, people were smoking when I was there in the nineties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Totally. But now, okay. And and a lot of my career actually was kind of like I said I couldn't get a job at the Herald. So I, you know, I worked at Fast Forward and stuff. So I was often involved in sniping at the Calgary Herald, critiquing the Calgary Herald. Oh, here's the stories you're missing. Oh, you're, you know, fawning over the or or, you know, the oil industry, like all this stuff. But what the Herald was doing, what the Journal was doing in Edmonton, they had people on all this stuff school board meetings city hall multiple people at city hall not just one person covering you know a bunch of different stuff uh they had people covering all these different beats right yeah. in depth and it's like that just quietly one by one yeah. gets thinned out and when we don't have that uh <laughs> it worries me well uh, and it
1: should and it should worry everybody uh, Kimberly is chiming in on our live chat on YouTube she says sprawl subscriber here oh, Kimberly nice. is checking in she says Thank you. And, I, and I love this observation she says if somebody was going to play Catherine Ford in a movie it would be Kathleen Turner <laughs> I think that that's an amazing option oh, totally. do you worry like is it fair I, I can't stand when people do this uh, to real talk and I'm about to do it to you uh, but p- people will say I mean depending on who you talk to this week we've been painted as a right wing show and a left wing show but a lot of times people will say the progressive progressive podcast real talk and i always kind of mm. wince because i'm not sure i feel that way um i think that my personal views are nuanced and uh, across the spectrum depending on what we're talking about so so i apologize for doing the exact same thing to you but i do think is it fair to call sprawl calgary more of a progressive lens it's news told through more of a progressive lens or do you bristle when i say that
2: i don't bristle i think you could loosely call it that uh, I, I think like yourself, like where you're saying my views are more nuanced. I mean, that's what interests me, the complexity of situations, the complexity of what's going on in the city. So I, I, I'm, I do not come at it from a very diehard ideological lens. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what the sprawl is digging into is very hyper-local issues like urban development so you could say oh is this right wing left wing uh a lot of those on a lot of those issues that framework kind of falls apart because you have people who would consider themselves conservatives or liberals fall on different sides of these urban issues right yeah so yeah if you say progressive i'm like sure that's fine. Uh, but yeah, but I, mean, I know a number of conservative people support the sprawl too, because they're like, it does something useful. It tells me about my city. Absolutely. And,
1: and I, I, uh, I tweeted about this a little bit this week, and um, some people didn't love it. And quite frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn, because I'm, I am sincerely concerned uh, that, that people strike me. And I, and I don't think that the average person does. I think in general society, I think people still are curious or people still seek to understand, Uh, to quote Stephen Covey, I think that that people are still curious in other perspectives and viewpoints and and people want to know oftentimes. And it's smart to know what your ideological or political or, or business or other opponents think. And what makes them tick? It's important to understand that, and and I sometimes wonder if maybe with regards to media consumption, if if we're losing that. I mean, the, probably the biggest and easiest and maybe most lazy example is American cable news. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you watch CNN, and and if and if you're critical in watching CNN, you cannot help but notice a bias. And if you watch Fox, like good lord, right? Let alone Breitbart, let alone what have you. And and uh, and I'd be curious to know, for example, how many. Subscribers to Sprawl uh, may also support Real Talk, uh, may also support like Western Standard, mm-hmm. like sort of more of a right-wing independent media outlet. Derek Filderbrand has been on the show before. I'd be curious if if that Venn diagram would show any overlap. I wonder if people would be curious to see a centrist or a pragmatic or a left-wing view while understanding a right-wing view at the That's- same time. And And if not, are we... Dividing ourselves too much into mm. camps.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good question. Going back to the newspaper, that's what people used to do. I'm going to get the Globe and Mail for a more kind of centrist, slightly left of center view on the world. And I'm going to get the National Post yeah. for a more conservative view on the world. And and people would pride themselves on that. I get both newspapers because I'm a you know well-rounded individual who can compute more than just like one ideological viewpoint. Uh, I think, yeah, now I do worry in the sense of it's so easy to kind of draw from your own well, to go where your ideological views are only reinforced. Um, that, (laughs) that, That contributes to a lot of our fragmentation, I think. That said, to your point about people are curious, I think that's bang on. I see that all the time in Calgary. Like if you, if you judge, if you judge our society by what we're seeing online, kind of the online shouting matches and ideological, uh, ongoing warfare that just kind of goes in circles. There's not much new there. That's what strikes me. You see these arguments online. It's the same arguments, the same people. It's like, there's nothing new here. It's tired. Yeah, it's tired. But beneath that, if you actually talk to like people who <laughs> don't spend every waking moment on Twitter, they are curious yeah. and they're tired of this. They're, they're like, no, this isn't for me. Mm. Uh, I am looking for something deeper. I'm looking to connect with, you know, with others. And yeah. uh, so, you know, like
1: Collette in our live chat right now says, which right wing views, racism, misogyny, white supremacy, like, like with respect to Colette, that's an ignorant statement. Like I know some real left-wing assholes. You know what I mean? Like misogyny is not limited to the right wing. Yeah, yeah. Although Johnny was showing me a video montage the other Jeez, day of right-wing. I was like, why are you coming him? to
3: me with misogyny? <laughs> 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 Jesus,
1: no, but you know what? i you know the video I'm talking about.
3: Colette, of this course, would, this
1: would support Colette's position. Of course. But you were it, who was all on that? It was it was like oh, Tucker Carlson and, and all ben the Fox, Shapiro, Ben and Shapiro. Ben are
3: unloading on um, Chelsea Handler. Yeah.
1: So th- so there's an ex- oh sure, but like but right-wing conservative does not. Equal racist and white supremacist, right wing. Yeah, I mean, right wing could be a business perspective. It could be a, a perspective on the size of government. It could be a view on uh, on a whole bunch of things that aren't inherently bad. In so many ways, as the left is not inherently good. Yeah, trust yeah. me on oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> like trust me on that. So you know, I just I don't know. I just I hope we haven't lost our ability to to just be regular people that have regular conversations that ask difficult questions that make us uncomfortable. Before we run out of time with you, What's going to happen with this Calgary arena? Like you can see right here. I mean, we've got our drape down, but on your walk in this $700 million rink that that casts a shadow over our historic warehouse where we do our show every day. And it's a beautiful district that's seen more than $2 billion in development. It's not all played out exactly how everybody hoped. Never never does. There are some warts uh, on the project, but generally speaking, it's been a success. And Calgary wants the same thing. It sounds like this premier has way bigger of an appetite than the previous couple uh, to maybe provide some provincial support for this. Uh, you've got a bit of a smirk on your face. Where, well, do, you think, I, I just, where do you
2: think this is going? I just laugh because in Calgary, I mean, it's been dragging on for so long. Uh, I think it was eight years ago when this was first floated to have it on the west side of downtown, a new arena in the West Village. They called it Calgary Next. And originally it was actually going to be Arena And football stadium, like in this megaplex. Yeah. Um, And then that didn't go anywhere. Uh, Then there was an arena deal that was looked like it was all going to go ahead then that fell through and that fell through did it is
1: it true that it fell apart over like 20 million dollars of solar panels and sidewalks i I mean mean, is that that's does does mayor gondek really have to wear that one is that an accurate assessment as far as
2: you can tell that's a good question i want to dig into that to really figure out what went on it seems too
1: simple yeah
2: yeah totally to let a whole
1: project collapse
2: and now it's been rebooted again. You know, there's a new committee at City Hall that's looking into this. And so so I, that's why I'm laughing because it's like Groundhog Day in terms of, oh, yeah, new arena in Calgary. Yeah. Sure. And meanwhile, we have the, the Saddle Dome, which I have a, I have a certain affection for. Um, yeah. yeah. It, I know everybody's like... Just oh, because of everything.
1: the heroin beer or something else, yeah, too? Yeah, just
2: kind of everything about... I, I watched... Last year, I watched... Uh, I got really sick and i watched foobar for the first time i never watched FUBAR. terry
1: and Dina, for the best
2: <laughs> and 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 then i was like it kind of made me get the saddle dome uh and appreciate it a bit more i think i was like oh this is kind of a i you know this this relic this working class yeah uh, now everyone hates it get rid of it get the shiny new thing yeah. uh but yeah it it, it it kind of represents the side of Calgary that people want to get. Re- it's shaped like a saddle. Like how embarrassing get that thing out of here.
1: But Calgary's not. Nah, Calgary keeps trotting out the Western themes. I'm mean, like, you gotta oh, be yeah. kidding me. Calgary's got to be happy with the saddle-shaped barn. <laughs> That's so funny, though, isn't it? Like in Edmonton, they're like Rogers Place. It's kickstarting development downtown. It's bringing yeah. office towers and corporate headquarters here. And then you're like, if you like fubar, yeah, yeah. you love the <laughs> yeah, saddle. My, mine,
2: mine is not an economic yeah. <laughs> argument at <laughs> no, all. <but> it's
1: not. <laughs> and for anybody that hasn't yet seen fubar, uh, it, it it's it's not gone with the wind. Uh, but if you want to. Push your cinematic experience to, uh, up to ten and turn down the suck. You yes. have to check out Fubar, Jeremy. It's so good to have you in here, man. You're you're doing just a really incredible job at the Sprawl, and uh, and I'm really excited for you. Uh, quick pitch, you know, quick pitch to the to the folks of Real Talk uh, that are going to go check out SprawlCalgary.com for the first time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we do in-depth Calgary journalism. Our big thing is uh, depth, not breadth. Uh, so we dig right into local stories. And another one of our values is, uh, curiosity over cynicism to what we were talking about. Uh, So being curious, looking at, you know, looking at issues from a place of curiosity. I think we need more of it. I think people are hungry for it. So curiosity over cynicism.
1: I feel like that should be on a billboard. It should be. That should be. Do you have t-shirts? I have to
2: remind myself of that too. I I need to see that billboard all the time.
1: Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's so good to see you, man. It, it would be impossible for me to have more respect uh, yeah, for what for- you're doing. I'm a big fan and we're proud to subscribe to it and to support sprawl Calgary. I encourage our real talkers to do the same thing. It's sprawlcalgary.com. Quite frankly, Jeremy may not say it like this. I will. Uh, if you don't support, uh, publications like this and journalism outfits, that then they die on the vine, and then so goes the storytelling in these communities, and it really does matter. And we can tell that you give a rip in a big way. It's good to see you, pal. Thanks, Thanks for, for having making me. time for us. Thanks for making the trip up to the Real Talk studio. Coming up in just a moment, we're going to get to our improv artists that are forming our Real Talk roundtable that's presented by our friends at Urban Timber. Have you checked out what Urban Timber's got going on right now? This is absolutely stunning. Uh, yeah, they make beautiful custom tables and furniture. I tell you about that all the time but one of their staples over the past decade has been their reclaimed collection of stunning mantles and ceiling beams. Uh, They've got Canada's largest variety of authentic hand-hewn white oak timbers. These hand-hewn timbers are chiseled with an axe by hand-turning round old growth logs into square beams for dwellings and barns more than 200 years ago. Uh, Reclaimed by the Amish communities, these timbers still carry amazing stories today. I uh, want to let you know that Urban Timbers actually just going to be they're going to be closed to observe the Family Day long weekend. This is a family owned business, but they're back at it next week, Tuesday through Saturday. You can go see them in person uh, in their beautiful new showroom in West Edmonton from ten in the morning till four o'clock in the afternoon, or of course twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. You can check them out online at Urban Timber. Uh, In just a second, when we go to this wide angle shot in studio, uh, you're going to see this Urban Timber table. If you've not yet seen it, like, geez. Jeremy just walked in here this morning. He goes, who built this table? I said, well, thanks for asking, pal. That was our friends at Urban Timber. If you're tuning in from Calgary, wanted to put Grand Dog Essentials quality raw food on your radar. This is what we feed our dogs. Uh, can I I give it a better endorsement than that? I mean, this is what we feed our four-legged family members. Why? Because we've seen the health benefit. And and also, just to cut to the chase, it doesn't cost as much as you think to feed your dogs quality raw food. Right now, through the month of February, there's a great special on this doggy-moggy blend. More than just Fun to say. All the improv guys are going to sink their teeth into that one. It's a beef chicken combo, the 40 pound box of raw pet food. This is what our lab, Monroe, is eating right now. It's on sale, 20% off the regular price if you use the discount code BC2023 at checkout. BC2023 uh, to get 20% off the Doggy Moggy blend. You can learn more at granddog.ca. Check out their blog there. Uh, They've got some great information on uh, really looking after the protein needs that your dog has and transitioning them from kibble to raw. They'll deliver to your door in Calgary, Edmonton, and of course, central Alberta as well. Now for the humans in the family... Friesen Brothers has got you covered, and I wanted to remind you of a couple of things that are happening through the month of February. Number one, they're keeping their charcuterie boxes going through till February 20th, so you have all the way through this weekend to check out the sweet or savory charcuterie boxes. And then, also, circle your calendar, The Future of Alberta Food, proudly presented by Friesen Brothers. Uh, This is going on in conjunction with Nate, an exciting opportunity to check out the up-and-coming culinary talent in the province, different teams competing putting out 24 delicious dishes in a stand-up reception at Ernest's the dining room at Nate it goes at 6 o'clock on February 25th a great opportunity to mix and mingle and maybe see what the next generation of culinary creators is working on you can check out freezing.com slash challenge Right there. If you're a professional engineer in the country and you're looking for a new opportunity, uh, quite frankly, your motivation's gone. It's zapped. You don't feel appreciated. You're sick and tired of the projects you're working on. Your brain is numb. Is this resonating with you? (laughs) Check out apexautomation.ca today. They're always hiring. They say that with confidence. They're literally always hiring. Their team has tripled in the last two years. They're opening field offices in Canada and the US to be closer to their clients and quite frankly, to be more appealing to the best talented creators, engineers, fabricators, automators in the country. Check out what they're doing with autonomous vehicles online at apexautomation.ca. And if you are a professional engineer looking for a change of pace, take five minutes to check out Apex Automation. The next step in your professional career could start today with a visit to their website. And this studio We're always proud to let you know, to remind you that this was constructed from start to finish by the team at Complete Care Restoration. We gave them a vision, and boy, did they ever deliver. But there were some things that they had to solve for us along the way. This building's 110 years old. It was not 100% waterproof, and there's a lot of electronics in here, right? It's not 100% soundproof. It's 110 years old. The soundproofing they did for us, the water mitigation that they did for us, watching their team work and problem solve gave us the confidence to recommend them to you. Anytime disaster strikes, I mean, they hope you never have to call them, but if you experience a fire, heaven forbid, a flood, you need to get rid of asbestos or mold, we recommend that you tell your insurance company you want to deal with Complete Care Restoration at completecarerestoration.ca. Doggy Moggy Blend. The Doggy Moggy Blend. All right, ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, you know that uh, we bring great minds around this real talk round table. This week we decided to do something different. Oh, that was just—I don't know what I'm, i am don't know what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, do Donovan. I don't know if we have your mic. Do we have your mic? I want to make sure we oh, do. There we go.
4: There no, you no, are. Yeah. Uh, we've got. Wow, a- your first two ads were about packing wood and delivering protein. Way to go! <laughs> no. That. Come on
1: now.
3: You can't. You can't
1: do. You did that. And they say that subtlety is a lost art. <laughs> there you uh, go. We're excited to welcome, uh, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just going to get the introductions out of the way, and then I'm going to get out of the way myself. That's Donovan Workin. Uh, you know him. Uh, atomic Improv yeah. here in town. Mark Muir, uh kind of a big deal, as well joining us around the Real Talk Roundtable. Hello, oh. this is an excellent table, and yeah. this dog food is very tasty. <laughs> yes, you checked out the Doggy Moggy blend on our mm-hmm. charcuterie yeah.
4: B- yeah.
5: board nice. Right there. next I'm to nice. the
4: cappuccino machine, we went and had some Doggy Moggy. It was really good. <laughs> and you know the good thing about raw dog food is you never have to pick up dog waste because the ravens and crows and magpies will come and eat the droppings
1: because there's enough protein left over. Man, the magpies can't. Get enough of it. That's
4: right. So you never have
1: to pick up dog poop. But they spread it around. They <laughs> spread it around like confetti in yeah. the yard. Which is, I, I didn't think we'd be talking about dog shit the first thirty <laughs> seconds of our conversation. Well, hey, we're know, doing an improv <laughs> show. Let's talk about dog shit. You want to talk about dog shit? It's very on
5: brand for us. <laughs> it so is, it yeah. really is. And,
1: and Chris Borger's like, are you, you going to introduce me at all? <laughs> no, or you no. Gonna?
3: I'm just dog shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's great to have the yeah. three of you here. You've got a, you've got a, a big thing coming up, uh, March first through fourth at, at Grindstone Theater here in Edmonton. March Improv. Madness, four days of the funniest improv comedy featuring world renowned. Talent, yeah, absolutely. Guaranteed. Of you. Guaranteed. absolutely. Guaranteed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, is this something that, do you have to work hard to recruit guys like this to, to join your improv troupe? Well, I got to text. The text
4: them. That's all. everything's Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, you got to pick the best of the best. And so I know who's who's hot and who's great. And, you know, I've worked with Mark for 20 years and Chris mm-hmm. for like six or seven or something. Yeah, and, and Donovan started
3: feeding his dog raw dog food. And eventually I just appeared in his yard yeah, and started tearing through yeah, and I couldn't yeah, resist yeah, it. And yeah. Just the
1: protein. Content. I love the protein. Yeah. yeah it was and affordable. It was delivered right to your door. Yeah. keto.
4: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. so, yeah, we put the, with, through the Edmonton Arts Council, they were like, hey, we want you to put some shows on. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. So, well, we don't get to do very many public shows, right? Because we spend most of our time doing like corporate gigs or, you know, film and TV stuff. And so uh, it's nice to get back and to do like some fun public improv shows.
1: Yeah, you guys get you guys you, guys, you, you and Mark do you guys know each other for 20 years oh 20 at years, least at yeah least at more, least I think yeah, yeah. probably 90s.
4: closer wow. to 30 yeah for and, and, sure. and, and if
1: you've always run because people are going to be hearing this some people are going to go where do I know that voice from and if they play Mass Effect well yes if they're going to put two and two together if you put a few hours into the Mass Effect trilogy you might have heard my voice as Commander Shepard and a variety of aliens and yeah. you know lots of other video games as well yeah yeah, yeah. What, what an opportunity to get into the voice work side of things which is is kind of a it, it's its own unique endeavor right we we can Talk about like work on film, and I want to talk about this new fan film you just did, this Batman of course, fan film, which yeah. is amazing. But but the voice work uh, is, is is its own animal, isn't it? It certainly is. And you know, being someone who's played video games all his
5: life, it was a dream gig, uh, especially getting to be the lead in a big uh, video game trilogy like Mass Effect. Uh, and because of that, I now get to go to science fiction conventions and people want my autograph. So They pay money to take pictures with you. This is true. This <laughs> is true. Does
1: that ever get old? That never gets yeah, old. Yeah. How that's could fun. that get old?
5: Come and, on. And, you know, I'm again, I'm just I'm an all around geek. So like when somebody shows up in an awesome Mass Effect costume that they met, I want my picture with them on my camera. So, yeah. Yeah. But I don't pay them. No, <laughs> <laughs> you have. Let's face facts. Yeah. I have. I have. I've dropped. Yeah. I've dropped some money on. on
1: <laughs> yeah. No. That, that would that would be so very cool. The last yeah. time I talked to you, you were you were. Uh, I was gonna say making a name for yourself. You've already made the name for yourself. But you were having a lot of fun. Playing Alberta's premier. Yes, I was a, cosplaying in as... a sold out,
4: <laughs> multiple times sold out. I uh, think almost twenty thousand people saw Jason Kenny's Hot
1: Boy Summer. Hot Boy Summer. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, were you devastated when he when he resigned and walked away? So, w- you were watching these bags of money disappear. Yeah, off well, your front I wasn't. Porch? I wasn't until the next premiere hit,
4: and then I instantly missed Jason Kenny. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. long for the gentle days yeah, of, Jason of Jason Kenny. Kenny yeah, Kenny, yeah. I Oh, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. It was great. It was a really great experience. But again, that was one of the things where um, kind of the improv philosophy in my life uh, made me do it, right? Because I have to say yes. And so they were like, do you want to do this musical? And I'm like, uh, I'm terrified and I can't sing and I'm not a dancer. Yes, let's do it. So...
1: Um, we've, we've got a, a question here from Lauren on the live chat who uh, wants to know if you're willing, 78099. <laughs> he's, well, he's curious if you're willing to channel Robin Williams and portray a Danielle Smith inspired Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh yeah. I think we have to right. hello.
4: That has to happen in there somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. Actually, mm-hmm. I do a micro impression of Robin Williams. Are you ready? This is my uh, micro 100%. impression.
2: Oh, Hey, hey.
4: there.
1: That's it? That's that was it. him. That's a that micro him. impression. That's pretty good. Nailed it, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. Who did, did, did you have someone like that you adored watching and growing up that had a, like, a formative influence on you as oh, a kid? Oh, yeah.
4: Well, Saturday Night Live, of course, was fantastic, and uh, SCTV was amazing when I was a kid. And I've been fortunate enough, both Mark and I, to uh, know Joe Flaherty now. he consider him a friend. Is and, that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've worked with Dave Thomas a few times, so... Uh, yeah that's like kind of a highlight of my life is you know watching growing up watching SCTV shot right here in Edmonton and now uh, you know being Facebook friends with Joe Flaherty like it doesn't get any better than that yeah, yeah we've
5: actually we've got to perform with Joe as Count Floyd yeah which is just <laughs> oh my that's, gosh that's the pinnacle yeah. for, a, for yeah. a old comedy nerd like me oh, yeah.
4: yeah I remember yeah him doing uh, the the Count Floyd bit and I'm like okay I, I gotta get a picture of I gotta
1: right so it was so good yeah. Chris how did you connect with these two what What's your backstory? You and I are sort of like connecting really for the first time on the show. Yeah, yeah. Here, so, sexually.
3: It's true. I can it's see funny. it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. The eye contact is intense. Uh, yeah. I have a background. I work with a group called Marvin Barry. So we're a sketch comedy troupe in town. Uh, we've made some comedy videos for CBC before and toured around the circuit of comedy festivals around North America uh and then donovan i don't know how we started i don't know how you yeah, found out about question.
4: me yeah yeah that's a good question yeah rapid i think fire? i got a
3: text one day through rapid fire mm. yeah working through rapid fire theater and donovan was looking for someone to come in and uh we had some it off. gigs yeah did some gigs and started doing those and then i uh, i worked for the oil kings for a while too doing game day hosting kind of running all their <laughs> contests oh, yeah announcing the t-shirt tosses and doing oh those there you go things. yeah there you go it was weird you know they're always trying to spice things up and make it exciting, you know, in between whistles and stuff like that. And I remember one time there was an idea to... Get a bunch of mascots in for the Fan Appreciation Day. And, you know, normally there's a couple mascots. There's like Hunter and, yeah. uh, you know, the ones around town. Goomba, the bear from the Eskimos who looks like a Mario. Goomba? That's his no, name? That's, What? That's, are you, you know thinking Goomba? of Go-
5: Goomba from uh, the U of A? Yeah, yeah is
3: his name Goomba? Goomba. I was calling him Goomba. That's why he was pissed <laughs> that's off. That's why he's, he's pissed off he Got fired. Fire. Yeah, I think that's a Mario character. Goomba, yeah. yeah. Goomba, the one who looks like uh, Winnie the Pooh, but like microwaved. Yes. yes. Yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So they got all those in, but they wanted more mascots. Uh, mascots at this event for right. the big fan appreciation soccer game thing. So they put out a public call to any adults who own any oh high no. quality oh. animal costumes. Oh no. And They called, the, on, they no. called the event the Frantic Furry 500. No. And they had oh, all geez. of these like professional mascots. Were
5: they aware of the furry subculture yeah. at the time? I don't think they were. Otherwise,
3: it was for the kids' day thing, and there was all these kids. I had to do commentary for it and be like, "All right, we got Gooba instead of Goomba, or like patches, and then we have a sexy dog and another sexy dog (laughs) and a third sexy dog, and And they're (laughs) off in the corner. What the hell's going on? And
1: a a sexy dog nurse. (laughs) Oh my god, isn't that? (laughs) And now it's time for the big T-shirt (laughs) toss-off. Oh god, they're tossing off their (laughs) T-shirts.
3: Yeah, so that was always a fun, oh, crazy, no. uh, crazy gig. Yeah, that's
1: that's the nice thing about 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 working in the junior leagues is that you're not going to see that in the National Hockey League. Yeah. no, there's standards you in the work. National <laughs> Hockey League. You see the furry 500 yeah. in, in the NHL. I got
4: I got fired from working with the Oilers. Uh, not going to lie, I did a sexy dance one time and it did not go over. They did right? not like it. Yeah, what
1: they were they hired you? To, were you like one of the impromptu? Like, look at this crazy yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. And then so, you still, this yeah. guy's had one too many. Yeah, and then,
4: and, then and I had one too many, and so I ended up like twerk. And then doing like a sexy dance, and they were like, "Okay, that was too far." <laughs> <laughs> like, you're right; it was too far. Wow. Agreed. Well,
1: <laughs> maybe they should have been more clear in their expectations.
4: Yeah. Well, they hired me; they should have known what they were getting,
1: know what they were getting into. Yeah. Uh, can I ask a really dumb question? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm really good at those. Yeah. Uh, is is Marvin
3: Berry like? I'm aware it's a real person, but
1: is it a is it a Back to the Future reference?
3: or Hundred no? percent. Yeah, it's a reference to. And one of the first sketches we wrote, it was all about uh, this. Uh, The ability to time travel, but the uh, uh, corporate office owns a time travel machine and they only time travel to fix very minor, you know, mistakes that, you know, for like accounting and stuff like that. So when the time travel machine went, we made a bunch of Chuck Berry, Marvin Berry references and then that stuck. And then so now we're Marvin Berry, but there's five of us in the group. So we travel to a festival, and they'll be like, "Great, uh, here's uh, the hotel room for Marv. Here's the hotel room for Barry." And we're like,
1: "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs>
2: so then what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's stack them. The other
3: three stay in the U-Haul. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We all sleep on the floor and make a pillow for it. And, yeah, uh, yeah. How do you how do you prepare
1: for? So this is March first through fourth. Yeah. With the Grindstone people can get yeah. their tickets, and, and and we'll do the official plug. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll sort of like subtly slide sure. them in yeah, yeah, talk yeah. about GrindstoneTheater.ca, and yeah. you know people can do that kind yeah. of stuff. But it's fascinating, like welcoming the three of you to real talk I, I won't say i panic because i don't really panic um but you guys come in and, and and i say so what you know what's our plan for the round table and yeah you're like you, you're like, you know, know. yeah you know, i don't know whatever you no, know, whatever yeah we'll, yeah, yeah. Shit. we'll so, make so, things up yeah. make things up make people laugh how, yeah. do, how do you prepare or can you prepare for a four-day run that's going to sell out uh featuring i mean you're you're promising people a great time is, is there like with improv am i asking the chef to explain the recipe like is it is it kind of a uh, an elementary thing that i'm doing here no
4: no i mean uh, yeah yes and no how do we prepare well we're used to doing it so that's the thing and but do you have a plan going in or you know no? what no not yet no idea what's gonna happen yet so we'll figure it out <laughs> i mean that's whatever. why we improvise yeah we're too lazy to write it down we're terrible at planning
5: <laughs> <laughs> were you guys what were you like as students uh, I was actually a fairly good yeah, student. Yeah, I would think, I think Mark was really I think good. it's just because I have a good memory. So yeah. it, was, uh, it was just
4: regurgitation, really, at that point.
5: But uh, I don't know, Donovan, were you, were you a dedicated student? Or no, would you, oh. were you a slacker? I was, was a slacker. slacker. I was yeah. the
4: class clown. Um, but, uh, but I have an incredible memory. I can retain mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. You can name any small town in Alberta that we've done a gig at, and I'll. I'll yeah, well, the sausage. Come on, and, and <laughs> the S.O. across the street has a fantastic bakery. Morinville. Oh, Morinville. Well, you got to go to the zoo, right? The bar there, a bit of gome glass is a. There's fine, a bar at the zoo. Well, it's called the zoo. They actually oh, it's sorry. shut down now. It's shut down. Now. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I just remember a lot of stuff. Flair. Oh, <laughs> you mean the honey capital of Canada. Is that true? <laughs> yeah, damn right. I mean, you could just be bullshitting <laughs> me now and I would have no idea.
1: I realize <laughs> as I said... of, This is not a bit. Yeah. This is, uh... Okay,
4: Donovan, Beaver Lodge. Yeah. Remember our gig there? We did. We did Ladies Night in Beaver Lodge and I was like, this is a fucking t-shirt. We need a t-shirt that says, we survived Ladies Night in Beaver Lodge. <laughs> Your grandparents are from Beaver Lodge, Chris. Yeah, there my whole go. family
3: emigrated there. Yeah. So we know from where. All. From where? Yeah. Uh Filaire. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah from the honey to the beaver <laughs> yeah <laughs> Oh, boy. Uh, can we talk about Gordon, a Batman fan film? How yes. cool is this, Mark? Uh, people can check it out on YouTube. That
5: is correct. This is a Batman fan film. It's called Gordon, a Batman fan film. You can find <laughs> it on uh, You can find wait, it on wait, YouTube. Wait, wait. It's what? It's a fan film called it's Gordon, and it's Gordon, about Gordon. A Batman fan <laughs> film. And it's about, uh, of course, Commissioner James Gordon. That's yeah. who it centers on. But I get to play uh, a very plum role. I get to play the Joker in this little 15-minute short film. And, oh, yes, you've got some of the, uh, the well, yeah, I mean, attractive... You can show the video here now this, this is, is this uh, is mark getting remarkable. up in the morning
1: yeah here's
5: the yeah a little bit of uh batman and uh james gordon and you most saw- people
1: will hear this on the podcast so so let them know on youtube you just google gordon a fan film you can watch it about what 13 14 minutes yes it's a short film
5: it's by creative force films uh some friends of mine who wrote a fa- uh, patrick logan uh, wrote and directed it fantastic script as soon as i saw it i was like I'd really like to be in this, and he said that's why I got it into your hands. Uh, so we found some time. Uh, we shot it over the course of a few days, and I'm very pleased with the way it turned out. So it looks incredible. Like
1: mm. um, I'm out of my depth in trying to talk film, but like, would you call this like a film noir?
5: This is very. It's a fan film noir, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it very stylishly shot. Uh, they did a fantastic job on it a fan Uh, a a fantastic job everybody brought their A-game to this and you know of course everyone is essentially doing it for the love Uh, this because it is uh, because of its nature you can't make money on this we just put it out to the public uh, so they they can enjoy
1: yeah can I ask it like just a nerdy technical question do you mm -hmm. have to worry about things like copyright and intellectual property and Uh,
5: no because uh, as long as no one is making any money on this then it is fine and uh, I've been in you know Star Wars Fan films. I've done Star Trek. I did a thing called Star Trek Continues. I've done Mass Effect fan films, like a student project. Where a class invited me in. I love doing these things because I am a nerd at heart. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and
4: it keeps you out there. It keeps you out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. out in the in the rain and the, the cold. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Until yeah, three exactly.
5: in the morning when we, <laughs> when we shot this. But yeah, yeah. it uh, it was really fun, and uh, it was like getting to step inside a comic book.
1: Huh. Someone here says I've seen the Marvin Berry videos. This is Justin. He says there was a great one that went viral yeah, a couple huge, years back. Huge, Which huge. one is? Is there? Is there like one right now that comes to the top of your mind? Was there one video of yours that just
3: went bonkers? Probably keeping up with the Albertans is one that we wrote that was based. It's like keeping up with the Kardashians, but a spoof where every member of the family is a different city. So I play Edmonton, <laughs> my wife Calgary, and I are divorcing, arguing over the custody of our son Red Deer. Uh, we have, uh, our, my brother, Fort McMurray, who is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. And out of work. So,
1: (laughs) so do you, uh, we are showing a little bit of it on YouTube right now. So you, I know that you were hanging out in our green room, uh, while I'm talking to Jeremy Clauses from the sprawl and we were talking about the differences between Calgary and Edmonton when they are personalities in a relationship, arguing in the kitchen, how do
3: Calgary and Edmonton most differ? Oh man, Calgary is way more professional uh, feeling in their own mind, and Edmonton, you know, it's a little bit more like uh, the protagonist. Everyone's cheering for Edmonton, kind of relatable. Underdog. The underdog, down on his luck. Calgary is played by uh, actress uh, Nikki Holowski, who is just like a very beautiful person who's very well put together and professional and intense and has higher expectations for Edmonton. And you know, uh, yeah, it's uh, it was really fun. But you got to the makes... River Valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's great. (laughs) Oh, I remember
1: people talking about Edmonton's brand exercises back in the day, and they would say, like, every city has a river valley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stop but not this it. big.
4: But not this big. They got a real river valley. It's true. Yeah, yeah
1: that yeah. is yeah. true.
3: Yeah. Uh, how, what, what role does Fort Mac play in the family? So Fort Mac is uh, my out-of-work brother who's living at us for a bit. That's causing a lot of tension between me and Calgary. I'm guessing he had a dependency issue. Uh, there's a few dependency yeah. issues, you know, <laughs> it happens. Um, and eventually, we're just trying to get him to, to help us out by taking out the garbage. And he throws it over into our neighbor's yard, which is uh, where Victoria, B.C. lives. (laughs) Isn't too happy about the garbage getting thrown over at the time. Yeah. When we were writing it, it was when the the Keystone Pipeline going through B.C. was like the big controversial thing. So... By Alberta trying to pass our, our trash onto BC, they right. were they weren't too excited.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. So how so? Are you going to be like when 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 you approach improv? or you go to different communities? Do you do you have to treat the exercise differently based on the audience, or do you bring to the table regardless of where you are what you bring to the table?
4: Yeah, I, yeah, we, it's definitely a brand we bring to the table, and audiences, no matter where you are, uh, are all alike. I mean, I've done shows. I did the 2010 Olympics, and I did improv there uh, for a bunch of like dignitaries from all over the world and the jokes they liked were about bull testicles you know so people are the same everywhere you go uh yeah but you know we i i i seem to i like the blue collar real audiences that are just made up of you know the average joe um and it's our chance to kind of bring a little bit of theater to them and so we'll start on their level and then hopefully try to Elevate it to something weird and bizarre and if we can catch them and bring them on a journey, that's always fantastic, right? But uh, yeah...
1: We love the blue collar jokes too. So. Yeah, Well, everybody does. Yeah, yeah, of course, everybody does. So, what's what do you notice like with with regards to the audience and how the audience has evolved? Is like you, you get these packed with with young people. Is there like a next gen of, of improv fans that are coming in? And, and if so, like have have expectations changed? Do you see like young rising stars? And you know, you're referencing the, some some of the greats that you know. I mean, obviously sure. the SCTV references in Edmonton are understandable, and 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 uh, of course Saturday Night Live legends. And then there's York genre and the two of you that have worked together for many years yeah, yeah. is there this up and coming class as I don't well? know Chris
4: is there an up and coming class of uh, young upstarts You're young Yeah, yeah I, you're I'm, young You I, still have your life
1: yeah, in incredible no of Yeah, yeah I'm, like like, us. I'm not calling you broken down No no I'm
3: actually only 16 it's just been a hard 16 years <laughs> Yeah on the it's road hard 16 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a lot of vaping uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah there's definitely a lot and like with uh there's the Northern Alberta Improv League that happens so schools from Alberta now kind of have Instead of just yeah. uh, a one once a year tournament, they have a league where every single week they're competing and training. And there's junior high improv tournaments now. And it's a, it's a really big thing. And there's uh, some development of trying to get Alberta as an approved course in the uh, Alberta curriculum as well, too. So is that right? Definitely yeah. improv. I think it's popping off. Well, and I
4: think that's I mean, that was one of the reasons that uh, I was selected to go do the Olympics in 2010 is representing Alberta because Alberta is this amazing improv place. It's fantastic. There's a lot of improv here. Um, it, it, I so like I'm, that you just dropped that in there. By the way, what?
1: I think that's one of the reasons why I was invited to go. Oh to the well, I was
4: because it was yeah. like because improv is culturally part of Alberta's matrix, right? It's who we are. He's uh, bringing right up the Olympics.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
5: That one gig. That one gig it, 13 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fine. I'll shut up. I don't know. But Can all, I, yeah. I'd like to talk about Mass Effect. <laughs> <laughs> if that's have you, okay. Have you heard
1: of this video? It's game. a game idea. I, I, have yeah. you heard of it?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd like to talk about my video game from 13 years ago. <laughs> Sorry, I got to derail this back to the one YouTube video I had. That of one course. No, I put yeah, yeah.
5: uh, out a Batman fan <laughs> film called
3: Gordon, a Batman Wait, is that a film? fan film? It's a fan film. No one's making any money.
5: Yeah. If DC's lawyers are listening, we're not. We're not. Yeah, absolutely. Money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And,
1: and and just uh, just on a side note, naturally, I just was wondering if any of you have tried the sauced and tossed honey barbecue glazed chicken strip basket at the oh. Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. Damn I'm sure right. If, if it's sauced yeah. and tossed, it's going
3: it's right in sauced my mouth. And tossed. I'm <laughs> sorry.
5: I'm sorry. This I I filled up on dog food. So I'm,
3: <laughs> I'm not, it was so you're delicious. Doggy Moggy. Yeah. Well, they yeah. actually have a Doggy Moggy Blizzard now. <laughs> they do. It yeah. is twenty percent off. Nice. Yeah,
5: a Puppuccino. Yeah, they put some Skittles in there.
1: <laughs> I'm not going to try to get too serious here. Yeah. Uh, do you have to be more careful with your comedy and jokes you crack and things you talk hey. about and subjects you tackle these days? No. I mean, I they,
4: we're all evolving and changing, aren't we, right? We're, mm-hmm. There's some jokes that I made in the 90s that I wouldn't make now. Sure. Um, and because I've grown and changed as well. So it's not like I'm resentful and, like, holding on to things. But, uh, yeah, we all change, hopefully, uh, you know, culturally and uh Stuff. But people
1: look to comedy, too, though, as as to be yeah. kind of the last bastion of. Well, of, I like, don't know. But or maybe the first. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I got to
4: tell you, I
5: mean, yeah. with all these A.I. jokes that are showing up these days, uh, yeah. our, our days are numbered. Chat, yeah, GBT, yeah. 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 chat. We're G.B.T. Chat GBT take over. improv. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a
4: good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I'm always like, here's the line you shouldn't cross. And I'm like, I'm waving from the other side as far yeah. as I can possibly
1: be. Right. So. But people need that from comedy, yeah. I think. Yeah. And not yeah. to the point where you're hurting people. Yeah but what? i also what? Uh, no oh yeah <laughs> no. no 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 yeah of course well, yeah I I never heard it. who it is yeah, it's just shocking I'm, and offending yeah, yeah yeah
4: yeah exactly and being offended is not my problem that's your problem i don't care <laughs> uh but yeah i mean i usually make fun of myself first and foremost so mm. you know I, if i can take it you know it's fine
3: mm. Another thing, i think a lot you to get away with a lot of stuff too if off the bot then you know donovan is making fun of himself yeah. and being really self-deprecating if then he starts roasting people in the audience it's hard to be like Hey! Yeah. <laughs>
4: Wait a minute. That short, fat guy's making fun of me. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's ultim- all I got, man. That, that's
5: ultimately why Canadians are such good comedians, is because self-deprecation is a canadian art form
4: absolutely yeah, yeah yeah Well, edmonton it's a big one here in edmonton as well right so yeah you know.
1: yeah no kidding well fellas um i'm super excited uh for for what's coming up uh this is march 1st through 4th it's uh tickets are on sale now right yeah absolutely so- they're on
4: show pass you can get them at grindstone AtomicImprov.com. you can google it uh, in show pass you'll find the tickets you can get one show, two shows. There's even a four-show bundle. You can come see all of them because so. it's a different cast every night. Absolutely. Ron Peterson's going to be there from Mad TV. He's Ooh, doing one of the nights. Really? Yeah. Mark is doing one of the nights. Chris. Uh, Mae bodwin uh, mm-hmm. is uh, from uh, Caution. May contain nuts. An apt and show. Yeah. Any wonder spotlight
1: cabaret? Is it true that th- th- this is just? I don't. I don't want to throw her under the bus, yeah. but like she was going to be here, but it was just too early. Was that actually true? Yeah, that is true. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Do we yeah. need to start doing real talk at like noon? So well, people, we she's get- opening
4: a show at at her uh, venue. This we oh she's currently working yes so she uh, needs to get some beauty sleep to uh, it's like
1: asking uh, we we asked Bruce Coburn he's coming through town and we we tried to get him here in studio right they're like Bruce does not do interviews on the road whoa and I understood my
4: 22 year old
1: texted me he's like
4: uh, who's Bruce Cockburn is that his real name.
1: (laughs)
5: It's, it's not his real name because yeah. it's pronounced Coburn. Yeah, it's Coburn. Yeah. Wow, I
3: learned that literally just now.
4: <laughs> I thought it was Goomba and Cockburn. If
5: I had, had a rocket that's launcher. That's an amazing I, name for yeah. a new
3: comedy troupe. I've had Goomba, Goomba Go- and Cockburn? I've
4: had Goomba Cockburn. It is terrible. its is not. Isn't yeah, that a works. Mario
3: character? Goomba <laughs> Cockburn? Yeah, yeah, that's what they're yeah. known for up in Mondaire. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> all these three and more in action at uh march improv madness march 1st through the 4th tickets available uh for the grindstone theater at GrindstoneTheater.ca. D- different experience in that theater too man it's yeah it's 100 cool. seats yeah. yeah so it's, it's an amazing it's, venue it's gonna be crazy yeah, 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 it will. And uh, thanks to the three of you for joining us.
4: Oh yeah, thanks for having us. It's
5: awesome. Yeah,
1: it's been a Thank lot of fun. You. Um, Get your dog don't, food. Don't uh, don't steal anything out of oh, the lounge when you leave. Yeah. Hey, uh, so
5: to recap: uh, Doggy Moggy, Gordon, a Batman fan film. <laughs> yeah. uh, that I, I, Marvin I, Berry video from Mass Effect many is, years ago. Yeah, Mass Effect, The Olympics. Yeah, uh, the 2010 London Olympics. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the thing we came on to talk about, <laughs> right, which is the art nice show. show. Yeah. Yes. And right. this wooden
1: table. Fantastic. Very well done. Constructed by Urban Timber. Proud presenter of the Real Talk. Table they got wood, oh, featuring yeah. Mark Meer, Donovan Workin, and Chris Burger. Uh, by the way, the cheeseburger the, one of the greatest Instagram handles I've seen. Thank you very yeah, my much. Entire Fantastic. Life, Thank in you. my <laughs> entire life. Now watch this. If you're craving a cheeseburger, can we recommend? Hey, pretty good, <laughs> right? Transition. Nice. Wow. Segue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The signature stack burger combo at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and, and Sherwood Park. Shameless, I know. But hey, without the support of the Dairy Queens in Palisades, Nemeo, Newcastle, Westmount, and Baseline Road, we wouldn't be doing this show. My friends, if you have not checked out a Dairy Queen signature stack burger, the best thing I can tell you, the most accurate thing I can tell you about the Dairy Queen burgers is you won't find a burger that most resembles how they advertise them online than you will the signature stack burgers you've seen my dashboard shots before if you follow me on instagram or twitter at ryan jesperson i'm always tweeting photos of my dairy queen burgers they're phenomenal and then of course if you're feeling chicken strips again as i mentioned earlier all in good fun but to be deadly serious the best chicken strips in the game are the 100 percent seasoned all tenderloin chicken strips at the Dairy Queens of Northwest Edmonton and Sherwood Park. If you're looking to save a bit of money and who's not, you know, you got to pay for internet, electricity, and natural gas. That's a given, right? So why not take your business to Park Power? They're amazing partners of Real Talk, powering our Real Talk RJ hashtag. And right now is a thank you to Real Talkers. They're knocking up to $150 off your first bill. When you bring your business over to Park Power, use the promo code Real Talk 23, that's Real Talk 23. For every service you go with, right, electricity, natural gas, and internet, with that promo code, they're going to knock off 50 bucks. So you bundle all three together with Real Talk 23 at parkpower.ca. You're going to see 150 bucks slashed off your first bill. And don't forget, 10% of their proceeds, their profits, go back to nonprofits in their community. It's one of the reasons, one of the reasons we're so proud to do business with Park Power. Park Powers doing business with kubi energy it's at peas in a pod these two kubi is providing solar energy solutions to power your life you can check out what they're doing with residential and commercial solar power systems online at kubienergy.ca. you can learn more about energy storage state-of-the-art lithium-ion technology the tesla power wall that everybody's talking about if you're looking to invest in an ev right an electric vehicle kubi should be your first call Now, what do they have to do with Park Power? Well, when your Kubi system's giving you more juice than you need in the summer months, uh, they're going to set you up so you're getting a rebate that's bigger than where you'll get anywhere else. But it all starts with a free quote. So your design can happen now. The installation can start in the spring. All carried out by the talented team at Kubi Renewable Energy. Also a big shout out to our friends at Eden Landscaping. They're bringing outdoor spaces to life and have been doing so for two decades. I was talking to Mike, I told you. He's the owner operator of Eden. And I said, Mike, what sets your business apart? He says, we have yet in 20 years to come across a construction challenge we have not been able to solve. They are problem solvers. So whether you've got a drainage issue in your yard, Maybe it's more of a design-related issue. Maybe it's an aesthetic that you're just trying to figure out. Work with Eden Landscaping and learn more about how, yeah, sure, they're not designing your yard for a magazine, but they're designing it for you. Their philosophy around thoughtful, flowing visions, coherent artistic directions that, that not only stand up over time, so your investment is well worth it, but also lends itself to enjoyment and function as that landscape matures right the plants fill in the trees grow and year after year you're reminded of the value of your investment with eden landscaping you can find them online at landscapeedmonton.ca before we get to trash talk one final reminder this week that we're close to selling out of our real talk cask number two bourbon at whiskey drop now of course if you live in the city of edmonton like we do you can go visit them on 149th street they've got a great shop in there (laughs) Be prepared to get carried away. That's what happens to me every time I go visit. Go to their website, whiskeydrop.ca, and type Real Talk into the search. That's where you'll find our Broken Barrel Maple Bourbon. If you live outside of Edmonton, they'll ship it to you no problem we're already hearing from real talkers that have had their bottles arrive in bc alberta saskatchewan we wish you a wonderful weekend with maple old fashions made with our single barrel select real talk cask number two maple bourbon from broken barrel in partnership with pws imports every friday uh, we get to wrap up our week uh, Johnny and I both kind of like shuffle in our chairs and get ready to rock we 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 buckle up uh, for a, a tradition that gives you the microphone we dig into our inbox all of these real emails to talk at ryanjesperson.com it's a tradition that by now you know we call trash talk All right, on behalf of local environmental services, this one from Nelly, who says, I understand that the current political landscape in Alberta has so many very important issues that need to be discussed at length. I feel like we're living, quite frankly, in a massive political shitstorm of it as a teacher and a parent of four young kids, public education is still at the top of my list of concerns relating to this upcoming election. I'm wondering, Ryan, if we can maybe touch on this. Please ensure that you're using your platform to keep education as a major election issue. I've been participating in roundtable discussions about curriculum. I've been speaking to school board trustees about class sizes. I've written the minister of education multiple times and quite frankly, It feels hopeless. People don't seem to care. And people won't care unless their own child falls behind or completely falls through the cracks. I'm so very tired of hearing it all fall on the backs of teachers. The Alberta Teachers Association completed a survey of teachers in the province, class sizes, complexities, and the results are dismal. It's not surprising, but it's hard to swallow as both a parent and a teacher. Public education is in a crisis state. Still, I'm unsure what to call it, but teachers and students, they need our help. That from Nelly, who's sounding the alarm. And how about this one from Martin, who says, hey, just another day of something in Alberta making embarrassing international news, this time from the motherboard. May we add the conspiracy around 15-minute cities to this illustrious list? With appearances from everybody's favorite luminaries, Brett W. Wilson and there in flurry personally i can't wait says marty until all these people against these so-called 15-minute cities also known as neighborhoods find out about places like Pinocchio and Vegerville and stony plain and grand prairie and olds the horror they will experience when they find out that 15 minute communities exist all over rural alberta they're everywhere they're surrounded there is no safe place left for them to go. Who knew people could be so outraged over a conference, the World Economic Forum? Anybody that's been to a conference can tell you how boring they can be. Meantime, a person falling fast into conspiracy theories and who conspiracy theorists gravitate to more and more, anybody who still trusts the media, apparently, is some sort of a fool. Elon Musk recently gave a talk at something called the World Government Summit. If ever there was a big flashing neon sign of a name for these conspiracy theorists to grab onto, It would be World Government Summit But I'm sure for many That one's maybe not bad Because Elon's there For others, hosted by the Saudis Not that other religious group So it's gotta be good Everything, says Marty, is both hilarious And terrible at the same time Marty, you're not wrong. Marty sent us an email, just like Nellie did, to talk at ryanjesperson.com. You can do the same 24 hours a day. When something grinds your gears, when something gets like that burr under your saddle, shout out Calgary, and you need to talk about it, send us a note and you can be featured on the next Trash Talk presented by our friends at Local Environmental Services. Coming up next week, we've got a whole bunch of fabulous interviews, including uh, Justin Bourne, who's going to join us from Sportsnet to talk about four years of sobriety and why he gave up the drink for good we've got a lot of other things on the hopper including international stories what you can do right now is tell us what do you want to hear more about on real talk in the meantime tell your friends share our content let's make sure that these conversations get the spotlight they need thanks for making time for us we're off Monday it's family day we'll see you bright and early live Tuesday right here from the Real Talk studio
0: Real Talk is hosted by Ryan Jesperson executive producer Josh Dunford technical producer John Hicks general manager Katie Cook Chivers. Account Coordinator, Lawrence Durlego. Human Resources, Lena Shepherd, Website Design, Mike Johnston. VoiceOver by me, Carrie Skelton. Real Talk's editorial board is Supriya Duvetti, Ahmed Ali, Brandi Morin, Ann Castleman, Corey Hogan, Harman Candola, Catherine O'Neill, and Chris Henderson. Member Emerita...